Come to the house of God. Learn to let your head down. Oh, did you hear what I said? I said, learn to let your head down. If you feel like dancing, dance. If you feel like kneeling down, kneel down. Amen. I want to talk today about what it means to love God with everything. I said, what it means to love God with all your heart, with all your might, and with all your soul. Loving God is not just what you say. The Bible says that these people love God with their mouth, but their heart is far away from, from God. What that the scripture means is that people love God, but their heart, which is their, their feeling, their passion, is not part of the love for God. But I pray that we'll have a church where the love for God is passionate. You see, when you go to the football stadium on Saturday or on Sunday and you watch them screaming, nobody sits quietly in the football stadium. They, they clap their hands, they sing. These are chief executives. These are uh, 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 owners of, 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 of companies and rich and famous people. But they clap, they cheer their, their team on. Even when the team is losing. Even when the team is, is, is 10th and 11th on the, on, the, uh, on the table, they are still cheering them on. Hallelujah. Ma Matthew 22, I haven't mentioned any team. Please leave me alone. Matthew 22, 36 to 40. Then one of the experts in law tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first commandment and the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two. Here ends the reading of his holy word. According to the Bible, loving God is totally surrendering yourself to God. Anybody who loved God had a total surrender where God was concerned. To see the king of Israel dancing so passionately and so vigorously to the point that his priestly robe came off him and he was naked. Can you imagine? The robe of the king came off. Because he was dancing so passionately. And compare that to what you did this morning. Can I say that again? I say compare the amount of vigor and amount of effort you have to put in to dance so passionately for the ropes or your clothes to come off. And compare that to the amount of dance you did this morning. Hallelujah. There is no much surrender. There's no much uh, giving of yourself where God is concerned. You cannot convince me that you love God if I cannot feel any passion. Hallelujah. Would you like to be in love with anybody who has no passion for you? Hello. I love you. I, 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 I think the world about you. 
Um, I love you. And then, as he's talking, give me a phone. So as he's talking, uh, so as I'm saying, I really, really love you. See, um, uh, and then you try and say something. Try and say something back to me. Uh, uh, you see, uh, uh, what would you think about this such a person? He's not serious. He's not serious. He's not serious. Ladies, how many of you would like a guy like that? No way, he's not serious. I mean, it's like you are saying something with your lips, but your heart is far away. Your mind is, you are here, but you are not present. You are not with me. I can't feel you. I can't hear you. I can't see you. I, even when I was trying to say something to you, you said, hold that thought. I'm coming. Because your phone was more important than what I had to say. How can you convince me that you love me and yet I can't feel it? Would you like to really be married to somebody who has no feeling whatsoever? Monotone. No emotions, nothing. Just two, two syllables. Yes, no, I don't know. I'm okay. Somebody's uh, some husband said to the wife, ah, the wife was complaining that you never say I love you to me. Ah, when we got married 14 years ago, I said I love you. Nothing has changed. So, so why do you want me to say I love you again? 14 years ago, I said I love you. I haven't moved from here. I am still here. Every, every day I go to work and I come back here. So what else do you want? I was saying that, hey, Mr. Bushman. I told him, hey, Mr. Bushman. She wants to hear I love you every day. The 14 years ago, I love you. That's no hold for today. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you see, I, I, when I talk about a, a, a boyfriend or a husband or a wife, you can see it. But then we do the same thing where God is concerned. When was the last time you knelt down, lifted up your hand to just worship God with tears flowing? You see, when a man comes to stand in front of you, and you know those guys who really know how to, you know, and I was like, listen, I love you so much, it hurts. And then they start to, one tear just drops like that. You, 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 feel, you feel something. How many will feel something? Am I the only one? Hey, oh, nobody's minding me. Ladies, ladies, sisters, you are not minding me. That is why ladies like bad boys. It's a fact. It's a fact. I said ladies like bad boys. Why? Because they are smooth. They are smooth with the, with the, with the feeling. They are smooth. The, the emotions come out when it needs to come out. They have a certain, a certain feeling that they express at the right places. But you see these Christian brothers who don't know much. They come like, oh, uh, 
I, I, I want, I, I believe the Lord is saying that you are my wife. Say, look at something somebody say. What are you saying? Say something properly. It's like the, 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 uh, I, 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 I had a dream. I had a vision that we were married and that we were in, we we're holding hands, you know, as we were walking into the sunset. Listen, brother, if you don't have anything to say, just. But when the bad boy comes and he drops his voice, you know when they drop their voice? Hey, lady. Then you feel some. In the same way, God wants to feel the same. I say God wants to feel the same when you worship God. He wants to feel the same passion. Hallelujah. To love, the word to love, the Greek uh, rendition of to love is agapio. Agapio, which means love surrendering everything towards the object that you love. Amen. It means you to surrender. You see, love must always have an object to love. Love is not for you. Are you with me? Love is not in, in vacuum. It's not, it's not a, a, an entity on itself. If anybody says, I am in love, there has to be an object that the love is directed towards. Am I talking to somebody? You can never say, I'm in love, and you don't have anybody you are loving or anything you are loving. Do you understand what I'm saying? Love is always directed to something and to somebody. Hallelujah. And love never takes. Love gives. Sometimes, as, as uh, young people, they, they, they interchange lust for love. Are you with me? Lust takes, but love gives. Hallelujah. Anybody who says they love you and they are not willing to give, they don't really love you. It's like, I love you, but give me. I love you, but, but sleep with me. I love you, but satisfy me. I love you. No, no, that's not love. That's lust. Most of us, we, we lust after God. God, give me. You, you know, have you ever heard this statement before? Have you ever heard this statement? I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Who has heard that before? I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Why? Because one is different from the other. I love you. But I love you like a sister. I love you like a friend. But I'm not in love with you. Are you with me? Because to be in love is a whole different ball game. Most of us, we love God, but we are not in love with God. And that is the whole import of the preaching today. Because we are going to go through a few things, a plethora of things that will show whether you really love God. You are really in love with God or you love God for what he does or what he can give. Hallelujah. Because we say we love God, but we really, the love has something that holds it. This year we said that we are loving God without restraint. The, the Bible says, come with me Second Timothy. Let me show you. Uh, it's part of our our main test, 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. He says that you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, in the last days, difficult times will come to pass. Amen. Amen. Difficult times. Why would difficult times come? Because the word for is the same as because. 
Because people will only love themselves, their money. They will be boastful, proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. I'm reading the NIV. Is it NIV or NLT? NLT. Have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious but reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Amen. You see, the thing that makes life difficult is when selfishness is introduced. Hallelujah. What makes life difficult is selfishness. In the last days, perilous or difficult times will happen. Why? Because men will be lovers of themselves. Are you with me? Which means that they, are, they have the love, but the love is directed inward. It's not directed to somebody. Hallelujah. Is your love directed to the right source? Or is it directed to you? Let's look at the litmus test. John chapter 3 verse 6, he says, For God, because, the word for is the same as because. He says that because God loved the world. Let's look at that. Put the amplified on there for me. For God so loved the world. Total love. 16, John 3.16, not John 3.36. For God so loved, the, so God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world. So he's showing you how much love is the price he gave towards. You see, how you buy, uh, how much you, you, you spend on buying uh, uh, maybe McDonald's, one beggar, and how much you buy a diamond. Are, are two different things. Are you with me? One is greatly priced. The other is not. Are you with me? So it's like, even though you may love beggar, a, a, a cheeseburger and a diamond. If I were to ask any of the sisters here, a cheeseburger or diamond? Cheeseburger or diamond? Cheeseburger or diamond? Cheeseburger or diamond? Ah, but cheeseburger is an object. Are you with me? So is diamonds objects. But you see, one is greatly priced. So it means it is greatly valued. And because it's greatly valued, it's greatly loved. For God so loved and greatly prized the world, he even gave his one and only begotten son. When the thing is pricey, you have to give more to get it. Are you with me? If a diamond is, is priced uh, maybe 20,000 pounds, it means you have to take 20,000 pounds worth of your resources to buy it. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? The beggar is just 199. I, am I making sense? 
But you see, you take more of yourself because it is pricey. I'm asking you, do you take more of yourself to buy God? What I mean by to buy God is that love is reciprocal, isn't it? When I love you, I expect you to love me the same measure. So if he's priced you so high and he has given 20,000, for instance, 20,000 pounds to buy your love and you are giving 199, then the the, the equation is, is not, it's not very balanced. Are you with me? Because if, how many went to, uh, did uh, primary school mathematics? The, The word equal sign means that what is on the left must be the same as what's on the right. So two plus three, five. So five here and two and three are equal. It's fair. So if he gives his love, to equal that love, you must give the same in equal measure. Am I making sense? But if you are giving 199 when he has given 20,000, there is something wrong with the equation. Hallelujah. And for most of us, really, if we are going to evaluate our love towards God, how much would we price it? As compared to his love towards us. He has allowed you with all your sins, with all my sins, he has allowed us to see another day. Even if I was a judge and a jury of my life, I would sentence myself. How many would do the same? If you be honest, you sentence yourself because you are, we are, there is no one who is uh, not falling short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short. Are you with me? But in spite of our filth, in spite of who we are, in spite of what we haven't done, he says that, after, he, says that he commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, he sent his only son to die for us. He paid the ultimate price. His only when we come to church, even our finances, we go into the, we see the 50 note, we see the 20 note, we see the 10, we see the 5, we bypass all of them, then we go to the coins. And even there we, we discriminate. We don't do the gold ones, we go for the bronze ones and the silver ones. Because that is how much we value God's love. Hallelujah. So I, I just want us to look at a few, a few just, just evaluate ourselves and see whether really we love God. Because it, to, to love God, the first thing means to obey him. How many of us in this room will find it so, so easy to do what will please the one you love? Give me a wave. If the person you love says that I'm coming to pick you at five to take you for a dinner, you start getting ready by three, by two o'clock. Are you being because you're obedient to the one you love? Uh, the, the place is going quiet already. I don't know whether. Hello. <laughs> the place is gone, suddenly gone quiet. If you say you love God and you can't be obedient to his word, then there's something wrong with the love. 
Deuteronomy 11, 1 says something. It says, love the Lord your God and keep his requirements, his decree, his laws, and his commands always. You must love the Lord. How, do you, how can you quantify the love you have for God? The way to quantify the love you have for God is to keep his laws, to keep his decrees, to keep his regulations, to keep his commands. If we cannot keep the commands, then it means we are not really in love. Can you convince me that you love somebody that you cheat on every, every opportunity? Hello? I say, can you convince anybody, can you convince yourself that you are in love with somebody that at any time you cheat on them? Hello? You don't like the example? It's a good example. But why have you gone quiet on me? Let's say, it's like, you are in love with somebody. But in a relationship, you have cheated with 10 people. How can you convince your own self that you are in love with this person? Because you are not, you don't obey the rule. The rule is that I am committed to you. I only have eyes for you. So you two must have only have eyes for me. Isn't that the rule? That's the agreement. So it's like we, we are in a relationship. So we are committed to each other. You are in a marriage, committed to each other. But you have, this is your 15th. Side chick. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Can you convince yourself? Forget about me. Can you convince yourself that you love me? How can we say we love God when we cheat on him every time, every opportunity? You see, when I was talking about uh, uh, husband and wife, you could see it. Now I've brought it back to you. You can't see it any longer. <laughs> Listen, how can you convince yourself you love God? When you cheat on him every time. When the time to even spend time with him comes. When it's church time, you are asleep. You are lying on your bed because you don't feel like moving. And you say you love, you love. Somebody, you, you know, you say, it's like you, can't, you are counting. He says, we are going to, I'm going to take you out on Friday. And it's Tuesday. You are counting the days. You want the days to go quickly. See, David, David on the, on, on the contrary says that I, I could not wait. I could not wait for the house of God to be open so that I, I can go and fellowship there. Because I love him so much that I just want to spend. You see, any if you love somebody, you always want to spend time with a person. How do you convince yourself and convince God that you are in love with God when you read the Bible only on Sunday morning? And then from Sunday to the following Sunday, you don't even know where your Bible is. Oh, I think I'm preaching more than you're amening. I think it was a bell, a bell ringing moment and you missed it. Hallelujah. Listen to what Jesus said in John 14, 15. This is what Jesus says. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. They go together. 
Let, let's go to verse 23, 23 and 24. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teachings. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. See, it's amazing. This is the only scripture. I think this is about the one or there's only about two or three times Jesus uses our when he's talking with God, talking about God. Are you with me? He said, we will come and make our abode inside of you. He, he never uses that, that phrase. He never equates himself to God. When you read, you read uh, about Jesus' speech, this is about the only one, about three, three times, he used our. That's him and God will come and put themselves in you. If you love me and you keep my commandments, you keep my word, my father will love him and we, that's Jesus and God, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. So if you don't keep the words of Jesus, it's equal to you don't love him. I didn't write the Bible. Don't look at me that way. People are looking away from me. Hallelujah. He said, he who does not love me, this is the litmus test to tell you that you don't love God. He who does not love me does not keep my words. What are the words? What I'm talking to you about. Hallelujah. Don't, don't use your mouth to say you love God. It's the easiest thing to do. But your actions, let's look at the actions. When was the last time you obeyed the word? Any word? You read in the Bible. When was the last time you lived a life of obedience towards God? Hallelujah. When was the last time you loved God without restraint? You gave your all to him. That is the reason why it's difficult to stay a Christian. It's difficult to stay a Christian for a long time, for a length of time, because the love is not total. The place is getting quiet. I'm not stopping. In case you think that your quietness will let me skip, I'm not ready to skip at all. I'm not ready to skip at all. Don't, don't, don't tell me you love God. Don't tell me you love God. When you can't even remember the last time you read something or you heard something and you obeyed it. Because this person I'm preaching making you uncomfortable right now. Because as soon as I finish preaching what I'm preaching, you will still go back and not do what I'm saying. I can hear the angel saying, hey, preach on, preach on, preach on, preach on. And meanwhile, in the room, everybody's quiet. I can hear them. I can hear them say, hey. You see, they're up there. They're up there. Hey. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which he which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. It's not, your word, it's not my word. Can't, you can't convince yourself, let alone me, that you love me, 
If anything I do, I say you do the opposite. You know, if you have a child, you say to the child, as soon as you finish school, come home. Come home before three. And the child comes at midnight. And as soon as they get home, they, they, they put their arms around you and they start saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Then the next day, they come at 1 a.m. And then when they come, they put their arms around you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> How many of you will be happy about that if you were the parent? No, because you see, if you say I am your father and you love me, you love to be my child, then when I say come home at three, I expect you to be home at three. Hallelujah. Because that is how you prove your love. That is how you prove that you are grateful for everything that I do for you. Hallelujah. How many can say God has done some things for us? So if all that he keeps doing like a, a loving father and he says all I want you to do is obey what I tell you. Why is it so hard? I said why is it so hard? Hey, the room is going quiet. Yeesh. I lost the church. I said I lost the church. First John 5 2. First John chapter 5 verse 2. By this we know that we love, we love the children of God. When we love God, by this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his command, his commandment. For that's because this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandment is not grievous or is not burdensome. Hallelujah. To love God is to obey his word. The second thing is that to love God, to love God is to put him first. I said to love God is what? To put him first. How many want to be first in your lover's eye? Give me a wave. First in your, in your husband's eyes, first in your wife's eyes, first in your... So when, when they go to the shops, they should think about you. When they're at home, they should think about you. When they travel, they must think about you. Whatever they do, they must think about you. How many, how many wives would love your husband to put you first? Because it, 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 it's an indicator that they really love you. I mean, I, I, I know, I've gone to some countries, I went and all the, I came with boxes. When I came, I didn't bring, buy anything for myself. It was my wife. And then, it was only when I got back that I realized, hey, I didn't really buy anything for myself. You know, because when you go to the shop, it's like, oh, hey, hey, this one will go with this, this one will go, this, this one will go, this one will go, this one will go. It is easy when you love somebody to be able to put the person, prioritize the needs of the person. 
If you cannot prioritize the needs of the person you say you love, I question your love. Hallelujah. Oh, you didn't like what I said? If you say you love somebody and every time your needs come before the person, your love is suspicious. I didn't write the Bible. Don't look at me that way. Hallelujah. Yeah. You see, he put us first. That is why he sent his son to die for us. We were not thinking about him. He was thinking about us. To put somebody first means, means to think about the person more than you think about yourself. Amen. Amen. Oh, I can hear the angels shouting right now. I tell you, I can hear them. I can hear them. I don't care whether you, you can hear them or not. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why, why do we find it so difficult to put God first? Why do we find it so difficult? It's because our love for the, word, the world is contrary, is stronger than our love for God. In 1 John uh, 2.15, it says that love not the world, nor the things that are in the world, for the things that are in the world is not from God. Are you with me? If your love is the worldly things, it can never, you can never love God. Because your love cannot be equally dispersed. Are you with me? You cannot love if you have a, a wife and a side chick. You cannot say you love your wife. 50% and your side chick 50%. Definitely you love one person more than the other. Jesus said that you cannot serve two masters. You will love one more than the other. You can't say I love my, my husband, but I love uh, 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 the, the male man as well. <laughs> no, you will love one more than the other. Verse 16. And the world, for all the things that are in the world, the lust of the flesh. You see, now he's telling us the things that are in the world. The things that are in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not from the Father, but it's of the world. Ask yourself, the things that we place above God, it falls in this, one of these three categories. Everything we love more than God, it falls within one of these three categories. Either we love, we love because of our flesh. Our flesh. Then somebody say, I, I can't fast. I can't fast. Why? Because your flesh. Ish, ish, ish. I, my, I can't afford for my flesh to feel hungry. You are preaching. No, 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 no. Ish, ish. I can't afford. I can't afford. I can't put my body through stress. I can't, no, no, no. You don't understand. I love my, my flesh. Or my eyes. What I see, I must have. I must have. You have just seen an, a nice pair of shoes and a bag to match. I must have. You don't have money, so you take extra job. Instead of spending time with God, for instance. 
Because I must have that bag. I must have that shoe. I'm not saying if you didn't come to church, I'm not, please don't think that. You have to be careful. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or oh, the pride of life. It's, it's like this thing will, will bring, you know, honor to me. It will make me feel. That's what's in the world. And these three things are the things that is fighting for the love, against the love of God. These three things. It's either flesh, eyes, lust. Lust of the flesh or pride. You remember when Jesus was tempted by Satan, it was just these three things that was used. If you love me, if, if you are the son of God, command the stones to become bread so that you can eat to satisfy flesh. After all, you've been fasting and you're hungry. How many have been fasting? And how many are hungry? Yeah, so, so if, 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 if you, you, you say you are, you are powerful, just command the stones to become bread and eat. Because you're hungry. Your body needs some food. Last of the flesh. Last of the eyes. He took him to a, 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 the, the high point and he showed him the kingdoms of the world. He said, all these things I will give to you. Only if you put one knee on the, on the ground. Do it quickly, nobody will see. Only just put it down quickly and get up. If you bow and worship me, I'll give you all these beautiful things. What, as far as your eyes can see, I'll give them to you. Last of the eyes. It's not everything you see that you must want. No. I say it's not everything you see that you must want. Ah, you are married, but you're looking at some other girls. Oh, if I had seen this girl earlier. Somebody said, Pastor, if I can take the face of this girl and put it on the body of this girl, that would be a perfect combination. Look at something. It's like your eyes are worrying you. You like this, 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 you like this. As soon as you start doing that, you cannot love God. That is why Satan used the same thing. Because he knew that as soon as Jesus' focus goes to his eyes and what he can get, it means the love for God goes away. Then the next one is what? The pride of life. He said, listen, you don't have to go to the cross. Just, I'm taking you to a high point here. Just jump from here. Can you imagine Sunday after church, we are leaving this room. And then as we get down, get out, then you see uh, uh, Pastor Sam on the high point, then he just jumps, and then he comes ta -ta 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 very, very slowly, like a butterfly. Ta -ta 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 and then he lands on the floor. And, and then he says that the Lord has, has anointed me. He, he has given his angels to charge, to bear my, my foot, so that I don't dash my foot on, on any stone. That is how come I landed even, even smoother than a parachute. From that day, everybody will listen to what Pastor Sam says. Yeah. Because that will bring pride. Jesus said you should not tempt God. Anything that makes pride tempts God. Provokes God to anger because he doesn't want anybody to be put in, 
in his place. He wants to be first in our lives. He wants to be first in our love. He wants to be first where we are concerned. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Let's learn to love God for real. And put him first. I say put God first. As you have budgeted, your, your, your salary is coming uh, uh, tomorrow morning, you have budgeted. Where is the order of your budget? Where is God in your budget? O2, before O2 is going to take, your rent is going to take, your, uh, uh, you know, the, the next, uh, what do you call it, store card that you have shopped, all these things that you don't even wear. Some of the clothes are even torn, but you are still paying for them. <laughs> oh, I should, okay, I shouldn't go there. Okay, I won't go there. You know, you pay insurance, you pay this, you pay this, you pay this. Where, where did you place God? I said, where did you place God? In your budget, where is God? How many ladies, how many, and, and guys, how many will love somebody who never gives to you? Give me a wave. How many? Is there anybody here? Yeah, yeah, you want them to give. Hallelujah. Put you first. Let's learn to put God first. I say let us learn to put God first. Let me give you one last one. I'm not going to talk about it. I just list it and then we go home. Is that alright? To love God is to be faithful to him. To love God is to be faithful to him. Deuteronomy 13, 1-4 says that if a prophet or one of you foretells by a dream appears among you and announces to you a sign or a wonder, and if a sign or a wonder spoken of, these, or, or spoken of takes place and the prophet says, let us follow other gods, gods who have, you have not known, and let us worship them. You must not listen to the words of that prophet or dreamer. The Lord, your, our God, the Lord your God, is testing to find out whether you love him with all your heart and with all your soul. If the Lord, it is the Lord your God, you must follow. And him, you must revere. Keep your, his commands and obey them. Serve him and hold fast. To him. The word hold fast is that be faithful to him. Amen. The, the scripture is saying that if a, a prophet comes and does a miracle that you haven't seen before, and after all them signs and wonders and miracles, he tells you that follow another God. Follow a, a bottle of oil. These days, that's what the, is being done in some places. It's like the prophet will do a couple of magic. And then he starts selling. He says that the magic that I've done is by this bottle. It's by this bottle of oil. All you have to do is to buy. And then he puts a, a picture of his face on that bottle. Yeah. I, I went the other day. I, I went somewhere. Somewhere. I traveled somewhere. And the whole channel, TV channel, is advertising the bottle of the water that the prophet has released. 
and the testimonies, the whole program on the TV was the testimonies of I was, I, my wife was cheating on me and then I drank that water or I used that oil on me. And as soon as I used the oil, I, I felt like walking, you know, out. I took a walk and then as I walked, I didn't know where I was going. I turned left, I turned right, I turned left. And before I could see it, uh, there was a house in front of me. I entered the house, I went to the third room and here was my wife with another man. Because of the water I drank. And so it's, it's, uh, I have been barren for all these years. Uh, somebody introduced me to this water. I drank the water and within six weeks I was pregnant. And they say with so much seriousness and so much passion. But they haven't read the scripture. It says that if somebody comes to do a sign and a miracle and after that he points you out to another God. Don't follow that God. Be faithful to the God that you have known. These days, you see Christians, we chase, it's like, oh, the new church has started, you know, on the, on, the, on the other side. Then everybody, oh, we are all going there. Then somebody says, there's another prophet who has come. He looks at your face and tells you all your fortune. Then we are all going there. How faithful are we? 